Welcome to Gifts of the Weird, and I am Jan Tiered, your host, and I am so excited to have Chris Allen back with me. We had him on a podcast a few episodes ago, and we had a fun time chatting then, and we've had fun times chatting since, and he is back. So a little brief intro about Chris, uh, because we're going to be talking about his upcoming book, but mostly we're going to be talking about the topic of that book, which is The Other World. Chris has been studying witchcraft and paganism since 1992. He is a founder and minister of the Fellowship of the Phoenix. He is also a magister for a circle in traditional witchcraft, as well as an initiate of the OTO. He is a Native American pipe carrier, and he has published, previously published, um, the book called Upper World Shamanism and Magic of the Celestial Realm. He has a couple of other books. One is called Underworld and His upcoming book will be Otherworld Ecstatic Witchcraft of the Spirits of the Land. And I've read that book, and it's very interesting and very good. It is available now for pre-order, and it will be released in December in print and as an e-book. And uh, Chris, welcome to the program. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God, you crack me up so much. I love you. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to put you on the spot. What's the subtitle of Underworld? Um, shamanism, um, myth, and um, magic. I don't think that this is, I think we talked about this in May. Now, I did not do my homework and re-listen to our past episode. Shame. <laughs> That's me slapping my hand. <laughs> I like being but, spontaneous anyway, so it's all good. Uh, <laughs> or you can slap it for me. Uh, what <laughs> I, I put out my drink. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> From what I recall, uh, it's not like this is a series of books. This is just well, kind uh, of, kind they, of, it kind of is, but they don't. They're not dependent on each other. Correct. Yeah. So I wrote each of the books as a standalone, but ideally, you have you have the underworld, the upper world, and now the the other worlds. So um, I designed them so that you can uh, um, begin at any. Uh, points. So if you're into fairies, elves, and dragons, pick up Otherworld. If you're into the gods and planetary energies, pick up um, Upperworld. If you're into the ancestors and things like that, then get the Underworld. You know That, that is really cool. And it's really great because um, those three aspects, uh, Upperworld, uh, Otherworld, fairies, and elves, nature spirits, things that we deal with in this realm, and underworld, our ancestors, and all of those—they're really a big part of a lot of practices around the world. Not just Sikhism. Yeah. You see that in Greek mythology. You see that in uh, a lot of the African traditions and the and American traditions. It's all fascinated. over the place, isn't it? Yeah, I was actually fascinated with that because, like, part of my project when I was in our the the fellowship seminary program is is that. Um, we had to do research on different cultures and just, it was kind of like our teachers were trying to show us, no, we didn't just make it up because you see these spirits in like all, all pagan cultures. You see them in Africa and South America and you see them in, in Greece and you see them in Europe and you see them in Australia. And so I thought that was really fascinating so just like oh so if we're all having a similar experience i want to talk about that i want to show people about our similar experience because i have so um one of the worst one of the worst reviews i ever uh 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 uh, uh, uh got on amazon or, or something like that is <laughs> someone goes oh it feels like chris is a culture vulture i'm like no, it's not about, I'm not stealing so much culture. I'm trying to show you how we all have similarities. I'm trying to find our common ground. Yeah. But, uh, but I think sometimes people, and we can talk about this later on, but I think sometimes uh, uh, people go, appropriation. Ah, no, 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 that's not what that is. It's okay to sh- share information. That's a whole nother thing, you know. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Let's talk about the other world. Let's. <laughs> Let's talk about the other world. You reached out to me and you sent me your book to read. Yeah. And 
you did it as really a, a really big risk because you didn't know who I was. I mean, I'm sure you've listened to me. You, 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 you I you like know, your you, pretty face, actually. <laughs> you have a trusting face. <laughs> but, you know, you just never know when you're sending out a book, well, uh, your work, your hard sweat, your, your copy written. So whatever. <laughs> yeah. You know, um, like, hey, you know, <laughs> let me know what you think, you know, and. And I found it very interesting because, you know, I've worked for, in the other world for many worlds, uh, yeah. <laughs> many worlds, <laughs> uh, many years. Yeah. Uh, well, then different, <laughs> different, different capacities and in different ways and with different people. And we'll talk about this later, but as a part of SAVE, moving to the other world is a big part of it, as well as going to the underworld and the upper world. Mm-hmm. Uh, wink. See how we see how we brought in all of your books. I love it. <laughs> love her. Uh, so exploring the other world, exploring the realm that probably most of us today and most of us practicing and most of us just kind of dipping our toes into meditation journey work, those types of experiences. This is really a, a great way to start, and I would think probably at. I haven't read all of the, your other books, but I would no, think this might be. What? No. I, I know, right? No. <laughs> uh, like you, like you probably are, I, I have stacks and stacks of books that I need to read. I know. And, <laughs> I know. And I always think, oh my gosh, what a cool book. Buy it. What a cool book. Buy it. It just ends up on the <laughs> shelf. And I'm like, I need to read these. I'm, uh, I'm just happy that you, you're supporting artists and thinkers and and people who are trailblazing. So thank you for that, at least. Even if you don't read it right away, thank you for buying it. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. I think The Other World was so exciting to me as I read it because you explored so many of the the landscape that we start off with. Whether we go to the upper world or the underworld, eventually, we have to start in the other world. And what a great landscape to begin with and what a great starting point and a familiar place to begin with. Um, yeah, it's so strange because when I first began all my travels and my shamanic journeying and things and natural projections, um, I started in the underworld because like in the the mythologies, there's so much about the ancestors and there's so much about the gods that, uh, that the other world was kind of strange to me and I didn't understand it and it didn't make any sense. And if you, re- you read some of the Celtic um, mythologies, then you get even more confused because it's, it's on its, it's, it's purposely uh, designed the mythology to be very dreamlike. And so that was very hard for me at first. Uh, but then I decided that, hey, I'm going to have relationships with the elves. I'm going to have relationships with the earth spirits and spirits of place and the animal spirits and things like that. And I found that with those relationships, all of a sudden, they were opening gates and opening uh, doors and opening um, opening the uh, the path for me. And mm-hmm. I learned so much quicker. And I was just like, oh, I think I need to teach people about relationships. I mean, you know, granted, when I did all this, this was in the year like 2002. So it was a long time ago. But anyway, um, and a lot of people I I see in classes and workshops and things. I always say the same thing. They're like, well, the book says to call the spirit or it's or it has a chant. And I did the chant and well, nothing happened. And I'm like, well, that's because you have to have a relationship. You know, you, mm-hmm. have, to, you have to know who you're calling. And it's not like, um, I know some uh, groups are like, oh, you can't call certain gods and you can't do this. You can't do that. You know, all the gatekeeping things, you know. Um, but <laughs> if you if you journey to these uh, spirits, I'm talking about the elves or the dragons or whoever, and you're like, hey, here's an offering. I want to have a relationship with you. And then you maintain a relationship, meaning you visit those spirits a few times a week and on Sabbaths and full moons and, and things like that. Well, what happens? Um, 
Sometimes you uh, develop a friendship, and sometimes you, you have a teacher-student relationship, you know, and that's how you learn all these things. Um, and, you know, and I can go into energy signatures, like, for example, for just calling the the four ceremonial elements, you know, earth, air, fire, and water. I remember back in the day picking up my first book. I called to the element of air, and then I'd be like, okay, I don't feel anything because I didn't know what I was calling. I understood the air and I understood the concept, but I didn't have a relationship. And so now, even with something as basic as calling air, right? I I take people on a journey to meet the spirits of air. So when they actually are calling those spirits, they know the energy signature. And the same thing with the elves or or the dragons or whatever. Um, you know the, um, the energy signature. Like, for example, like if you're calling someone or <laughs> or texting someone, I I'm, <laughs> nobody calls each other anymore. I guess... If you're going to take one, you have to have their phone in the number and, and having a relationship with the spirit. That's Chris, if I can interrupt you, that's yeah, one of the things that I really loved about Otherworld is that you really encouraged like getting to know the lay of the land, getting to know the inhabitants of yep. the other world, lay of the other world rather than lay of the land, but lay of the other world, lay of, getting to know the inhabitants and Building relationships was so important. And of course, that's important in the other other worlds that we deal with, the upper world and the underworld, because we build relationships with our ancestors in the underworld. We build relationships when they let us in the upper world. <laughs> I mean, let us. <laughs> I can call the gods and knock on their door at, or ring their bells, but you know, they're the ones that decide to, if they're going to open it or if they're going to allow me in. But it's all about relationships, isn't it? No matter where we go. Absolutely. On our journeys. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And, and that was one of the things that I found really um, illustrative in your book was about how you taught about the other world, about building that relationship, and not only with the inhabitants, but with the la- with the other world itself. That's right. That's exactly it. Yeah. So uh, tell our folks who are listening, how does the other world build itself in in our mind's eye how do when we go into it uh, and so here's the, here's a challenging question <laughs> i told you about i love it how does it or could it look and does it look the same for everyone even even when someone is like leading a journey or meditation yeah and they have like their what they're what has been presented to them and that they're they're going because tangent sometimes this happens to me <laughs> So I'm doing a meditation and somebody else is guiding it, not me. And I'm listening there and they're saying, oh, you know, um, you go along this and you see this door. And I'm like, I don't see a door. I see this. Yeah. Or yeah. I don't see those steps. I see this. I don't see that castle or that hall. I see this. And I, I, I've heard people com- comment at times afterwards in discussion or overhearing, eavesdropping, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> oh, <thanks. laughs> <laughs> that, <out> my journey. <laughs> <laughs> that you know i didn't really see that i saw something else did i did i go to the wrong place or did i do it incorrectly i get that all the time yeah exactly yeah. Um, talk about that well let's talk about it's basically um psychic psychology okay so even if we take out the psychic we take out the other world we take out the astral your point of view, view, how you see physical objects and, and how it relates to your brain and you, you, your consciousness is very individual. It's individual to your, your way of thinking, your way of processing. It's also each thing means something different to you. So, for example, the, this is a why never buy a dream interpretation book because they're crap. But anyway... <laughs> um, because, like, say, for an, for example, an apple, um, I've seen people say, so apple represents sin or or it comes from the tree of life. And I'm like, mm, unless you're from a, a heathen Celtic background, because then 
it's the food of the ancestors, the Isle of Apples, Avalon. The it the apples is the food of the other worlds, and so it has nothing to do with the tree of of knowledge or sin or whatever. So it depends upon your culture. That being said, how you perceive um, energy, how you see like psychic energy, or or when you close your eyes and how your brain basically how it it puts energy into pictures for you based on your cultural references and your your background history like so for example i call it psychic goggles as well like you know bear goggles so i call it psychic goggles um so um like for example here's how i explain it to all my stu- my students so Energy is energy, right? It's just energy. Sometimes impulses, sometimes it's in wave. There's all types of of energy. So there's like gamma rays. There's, of course, there's a light. All types of things. How your brain processes that is a very is a very different. So, for example, you know, the first shamans uh, back hundreds of thousands of years ago. Uh, when they were trying to like astral project to like, let's just say I'm gonna just say a being of light or a god. Let's just say a god. That's a good one. Um, and so the spirits are energy. So to to a tribal shaman, it's really hard to have a conversation to a strobe light. Right, so their brain has to put that energy, those strobes, those uh, those wavelengths, into a picture that we can under, understand. So it be it becomes humanized, right? So that's why in a lot of the mythologies, all the trees they speak, all the rocks they speak, and it's reflected mm-hmm. very humanized, right? So. And when that happens, it's the same thing in the other world. And so how we perceive these energies is all individual based on how your brain processes that information. And also, um, someone asked me, how do I know I'm we're not making it up? I'm like, you are making it up. And they're like, what? I'm making it up. I'm like, yes, but you have to know the science behind it. Your brain has to take that energy information and and put it into pictures for you. That's how it works. And so we're all seeing the same energy, but how it manifests in our brain is always a little different, you know. So long story short. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I have a, a, a dumb joke for you. So my editor had this really dumb joke on uh, Facebook. He says, people ask me all the time why I became an editor. And I just say, well, to make a long story short, bum bum. <laughs> You're like that, that was the dumbest joke ever. I I love that joke. It's my favorite. I like editing jokes because I can't, as you know, I can't edit with the crap. <laughs> I have other people do it for me. We always need a second pair of eyes because there are those that other second or third or fourth pair of eyes is always going to find a little something that slipped through the cracks. So that's always good. Yeah, yeah. So wow, that's really interesting stuff. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh my god yeah. oh, i think it's interesting let's, 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 let's. a lot of people are like who cares and get to the spells <laughs> you know people do they they do want to get to the spells but they uh, you know sometimes they don't realize that the groundwork of the spells is so rooted in uh, the 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 other upper underworld because we call upon that to um, work with the web of weird, the universe, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. whatever someone wants to call it, um, however their tradition defines that web, that universal way of things. When we do spells and things, I mean, we're putting that stuff onto that 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 otherworldly landscape, and I think it's so integral and helpful to us to understand that landscape before we start putting things out there. Does that make sense? I mean, is that kind of crazy? That's my thought anyway. No, it makes perfect sense. I mean, 
um, if we have to go where we're going, but I'm kind of a, um, I don't have a whole lot of fear when it comes to these things. So I kind of uh, jump in and, and, and dive right in. I used to drive my, um, my magical teachers crazy. They're like, hold on, hold on before you jump into that giant hole that has like <laughs> um, um, monsters and things. I'm like, I'll be fine. <laughs> It'll be okay. You know, I'm not the one who drove a fast uh, car or like who like who skipped uh, curfew. I'm the one who says, hmm, it says right here, do not under any circumstances cast this spell. Okay, <laughs> I'm going to cast a spell. <laughs> so, I mean, I, um, I do think it's important to, to understand what's happening and where you're going. And, and, but to do that, to, to be honest, um, you need to do some research. You need to read the lore, the history, the mythology. However, it's not the Bible. Um, mythology is great and it's, it's a core. What happens at the core, it's just one thing. You still have the flesh. You still have the experience. Like, I know some people, it's weird because you have this a bipolar thing where on um, one end you have people like, you cannot divert from the lore and the, the mythology. Like the Eddas and the, and the sagas, it says, oh my God. I'm like, Yes, that's great. That's the lore from 1500 years ago. I think the gods are capable of evolving. And then I'm, <laughs> then I'm asked to leave groups when I ever say that. They're like, oh, you can't join us anymore. But then you have the opposite people who don't know anything about the history or research or the gods or, or the three norns or whatever. And they just start making crap up. But anyway, these are people who are working with these energies and have been for a long time. Um, and, and, and the reason it's such a high horse uh, for me is I get so tired of people who just make up crap. And and um, someone says to me, well, what do you think about UPGs? I said, UPGs are great. But that's for you and your private information, unless the community as a whole has the exact same UPG. That means there's an evolution with those spirits, and they're trying to say, hey, um, we're changing, we're evolving, which is great, but a UPG is your experience and needs to stay your experience. Now, you can say, you can share it with people and say, hey, I had this experience. Great. What you can't say is this is how it is because a because the spirit said said so. I'm like, well, they said that to you. So there's this whole thing that's really weird. So I would like to see the community would go half and half, like half UPG and half mythology and Lord. Like, let's have a happy relationship. Oh, I said relationship again. You see what I did there? Mm -hmm. <laughs> I did. I did. And I agree with you. I mean, we need a foundation and we need to be aware of how people have practiced throughout the past. But just as what they were practicing and was written down and preserved for us that we can find today, you know, that was their that was their gnosis. That was their practices at the time. At the time. And that's OK. And yeah. that's great. It's yeah, they weren't. They weren't reconstructing or redeveloping or looking back to a thousand years prior and saying, oh, this is how we have to practice. Exactly. You know, they were going with the flow, so to speak, because, you know, they didn't have the, the luxury or the privilege that we have today of internet, audio, visual, video, books, printing, all of that stuff that we can share from one another. They did it by people going from place to place and localized practices that from 30, 40, 50, 100 miles away were probably completely different or at least some minor variations that just like, yeah, we, we worship this or we work with this spring river lake goddess or god and we work with thor but or we work with all we work with frig 
there's just so much there that was alive and adaptive right. to the culture right. of the time. Exactly. And it's good for us to know that because it's great to know how our ancestors practice. And it's also good for us to know how they're interacting with us today. And like you said, <laughs> they didn't stop growing and changing and adapting. They're working with us today with our modern technologies. And well, think about our- it. Can you, can you imagine like a Thor and and Odin and Freya? That's all the stories that they'll ever have is those in the sagas and the Eddas, and that's it? Like. After a thou after fifteen hundred years, that's all they get. Really, I'm sure they yeah. have tons of stories and tons of adventures. You know, Ab- absolutely. Wow. I'm just gonna tell you, we really digressed on that one. <laughs> I told you, Jim and I. I'm telling you. Let me try to bring us back. Let's <laughs> <laughs> bring us back to the other world. I don't even know if we even talked about what you said it might look like or whatever. But you talked about Leosafheim. Alfheim, the, yeah. the land of the elves. Yeah. And you actually brought in also the Celtic aspect of it, bringing in the, the, the spear, the sword, the cauldron, the stone, those aspects, which yeah. is really cool. One thing that kind of stood out to me as I was uh, looking at it and reviewing it, you talked about the between places of how to get from where we are in our mindset today or where we are in our physical mindset into that. Would you mind talking about the between places uh, to help us discover the other world? What does that mean? It's actually very, very easy. In fact, I would ask my teachers if they would show us. And I'm like, it isn't that easy. And they're like, yeah, <laughs> literally that easy. I'm like, no, that's too easy. It's so obvious. It's it goes over your head, right? So I think the in-betweens are, are, are very um, spiritual, shamanic. I, they're designed to like take your consciousness away from your everyday thinking. And so a lot of these places, like, for example, like a fairy ring or like the high holidays of Samhain and, and things like that, um, it, like at dawn and dusk, like I've had so many people like, so I was, I was in the in-between plays and I didn't see the elves at all. I'm like, well, no, I mean, (laughs) that's only, that's only a tool to get your mind out of your everyday consciousness to see into the other world. It's kind of like, you know, um, for right now, um, I'm probably given for something away before approaching Samhain. And it feels creepy. It feels like the spirits are coming. It feels like the ancestors are coming. But that's because, like, I see the leaves. I see that the uh, stores are selling Halloween mm-hmm. uh, things. I see I'm seeing scary movies on on the television. I'm I'm feeling the cold air. Now, none of those things has the power to take me to the other world. But let me tell you, I walk outside and I'm immediately taken to the other world every time I go outside in Chicago because it's gray here. It's chilly, a cold wind. The leaves are literally blowing in the wind. And I'm like, ah. Okay, elves, here I am. I mean, <laughs> it feels. But the between places are just the tools to bring your consciousness into a place of trance and sync the other world. So like like beaches are a great place of the other world, forest. Um, in between times and, and, and dawn and dusk. Um, I also think that the... Um, whatchamacallit, the um, solstices and, and equinox are in between times, but a lot of people are like, no, there's no in between. I'm like, well, if you think about it, like at Yule, Yule is coming up again, soonish, and if you think about it, you're in between the new year and the old year, you know, mm-hmm. based on the solar cycle. Um, you're in between the decreasing light of the sun and the increasing light of the sun. So even the solstice and, and the equinoxes are on, on in between time. It just depends upon your point of view. 
but, uh, but I do highly recommend exploring those things because in the book, I talk about all, all types of in-between places and I highly recommend you, um, instead of thinking, oh, it's a portal. I'm just, I'm going through the portal. We all know it's, you have to think of it as a tool to get your consciousness into a place of trance and then go through the portal. It's like that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> You're lost for words. <laughs> I kind of am actually because. Wait, wait, what? I'm processing what? Uh, well, yeah. Well, I'm, I'm looking through because it's it's like you you answered several of the things that I was thinking about. So there's so much going on. Once we go through that portal, a <laughs> couple of things. Mm-hmm. What are some precautions that people should take once they start beginning their journey into the other world? And of course that. We, we get used to it and we, we know where those things are as we, we become more familiar. So that that's something a little different. But once we're starting out, um, what are some ways that people can um, start visualizing and making that journey happen? And one of the, the really interesting chapters that you talked about or some of the things that you talked about is finding a guide once we get over there. Yeah. So. Yeah. When does how does that process work? Finding the guide, and we can kind of talk about that. Let's talk about some of the precautions first. Okay. So the first thing we have to remember is um, you want to account for your physical safety first. So, for example, if you're in a forest or a forest preserve, you want to make sure that you, you because I tell you in the book, we'll go out into nature, like just. Ex- have that experience into nature. However, nature can be uh, dangerous and it should be dangerous. And one of the things I really want people to remember, nature belongs, and I'm going to say it again, nature belongs to the animals. It is not just ours. We are not at the top of the food chain. We are part of a balance of the ecosystem. That being said, so if you're out in a forest, there could be wild animals that could hurt you. Be mindful. Do your research. Like, for example, are there are there mountain lions around? Are there wolves around? Are there dangerous animals around? If there are, take the necessary precautions. And I would highly, I'm like, I would hope that anyone who reads um, um, books would never, ever, ever intentionally hurt animals. Um, Mm -hmm. But you can take precautions. Like sometimes if you light a campfire that keeps animals away and so forth, you know, the the other thing, bring offerings for the spirits. Um, So offerings are kind of like a good well a gift it's it's kind of like hey stranger i don't know you you don't know me here's a gift to to establish that relationship and i'm not one of those people who um there's this history in paganism that people like to i'm gonna get so much hate mail people like to stroke their own ego by saying how dangerous a magical practice is and it it's silly because you take precautions and like i wouldn't ever go to hella and be like hey girl what's up i would give her her offerings i would introduce myself i would be uh, graceful and respectful however like hella and Thor, and even Odin, who is considered a trickster gods, have been very gracious, have been very kind and, when, and um, welcoming. I will say, I will say the god, for well, all spirits, all spirits, even the elves, because, you know, I think the elves have a bad rap sometimes. They're going to greet you where you're at, right? So if you, if, uh, he, he, you approach them with respect, and an offering, they see that in your aura. They see that in your energy signature. Like, hey, but that person's a cool person. They respect us. They respect the Lord. They respect the earth. Okay, well, let's check them out. I'm not saying they're going to be like, hey, let's be best friends. Uh, but over 
time, just move, like I said, you build those relationships. What you have to be careful of is if you approach any spirit with ego, um, they're going to screw with you. Like, oh, you think you're powerful? Let me show you this. You know, but if you come with an open heart, like, you know, those old, old fairy tales about, oh, the, uh, the child was pure of heart. I truly believe what that actually means is not necessarily you're a, uh, a virgin or you haven't ever heard anything. It just means that you have, a, you have an open heart and you, you, you try your best to be a good person a good person as as much as you're able and the spirits respond to that and they want to get to know you when it comes to the elves if you approach the elves with offerings with being humble and uh, to me humble means just being gracious you know mm-hmm. if you approach them with being gracious then they're going to be like okay well i see you i see you uh let's see how this goes let's see how this goes and they watch us and, and they observe as we should observe them and I, and in my book I talk about how the first thing you do with nature spirits and the fairies and the elves is observe nature watch nature because um, one of the interesting things is uh, people always confuse the elves with the nature spirits, and they're not nature spirits. And I think part of that confusion is is that um, I believe that through our spiritual evolution or physical evolution, we were supposed to be caretakers of the earth. You know, the Native American tribes, they talk about that all the time. We are caretakers of the earth. We do not own the earth we're supposed to take care of it. And mm-hmm. the elves, I truly believe this, they hadn't ever gone astray from being uh, caretakers of the, the earth. So the fairy associated with nature and the forest and woods, not because they're nature spirits, but because they're such, they have such a strong spiritual connection to nature. And so people get confused that way, which is sad because Oh, if you like a tree, that means you're a nature spirit. No, no, no. That means I'm doing a my job about taking care of nature. That's what that means, you know. Um, what was the other question? <laughs> I don't remember. <laughs> uh, let's see. Let me. You don't remember either. Me. That's what's so funny about it. Well, you know, um, <laughs> basically, it was navigating our way through there. So, you know, I think whatever. I- that, right? Whatever the question was, and someone's probably going to re- rewind and say, "Oh, yeah, you didn't answer this." Well, um, that's okay. we'll have a link on how they can reach out to you. Oh, well, just get the book because I'm sure it will be covered in there. Uh, but we can move forward. Uh, you know, <laughs> some of the things that you talk about is the save aspect of um, yeah. journeying through this. Uh, the sh- uh, how to uh, accomplish that through save, but. You know, and that's a very specific part of the tradition, a very specific way to get to the other world and access the underworld and upper world that's um, very, very integrated and one that I think is uh, actually that requires a lot of training and a lot of caution and a lot of things. But we'll kind of push forward a little bit and let's talk about the the beings that live there. You've talked about the elves and the fairies and working with them. Oh, and one thing that I wanted to say uh, that I try to do, uh, you talked about bringing offerings and what I try to do when I go on a spiritual journey is I try to, for my journey, take an offering of something that I can duplicate physically. And when I get back, I will make that offering physically as part of my gift to them. So it might be wine or a whiskey or a, a liqueur or fruit right. or whatever, you know, and I or even an object of some sort, a ring or something. And I will say, you know, this is my this is my offering while I'm making my journey. And then when I get back from my journey, I make that offering physically. Just that's my thing, and I think that that it kind of helps in my in my. Opinion and in my thought, it just helps to 
link the realms together. What do you think about that? Um, I actually only give offerings um, physically because how I do it, I incorporate it's, I think this is just part of my shamanic training. So you, you, you incorporate the physical ceremony around the actual mm-hmm. uh, journey. So for example, the, um, in the, the first thing I do, um, in the, this is a very much, um, for like say is I will sing sacred songs or sing a song or do some gloss and Nicalia and sing in a spirit language. And then I'll call the spirits to the actual space. And then I'll, uh, and I'll do like a bloat. I'll do like, um, you know, some type of offering with like meat or wine or something, or mm-hmm. if all types of things, alcohol, Root. Sometimes I give meat, whatever, and then I'll do my journey, and I'll see what happens with blah 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 blah. And I'll come back. I'll sing some more songs, and sometimes the songs are not necessarily, you know, the this is the official shamanic song of the elf. Um, <laughs> sometimes it's just um, I teach a lot of music to my students. I call them spirit songs and a spirit uh-huh. song is whatever comes out as you beat your drums. So sometimes it's a la, 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 or some, or I speak in tongues all the time, or, or sometimes I'll sing in English and whatever comes out, comes out. And I can, can I don't edit it, but anyway, that's how I do all of my journeys because I, I think that, in the, it's almost like I'm in the physical plane, so I begin in the physical plane. I go to the other world, then I need, I come back and integrate things. And so for me, whenever I sing songs and give offerings and things like that, especially after the journey, I'm telling my consciousness, okay, well, let's take the astral or energetic experience and ground it in the physical plane. You know, mm-hmm. like I'm linking the physical plane and the spiritual plane together because um, we have to be sure that we have a we're maintaining a physical life as well as a psychic slash astral slash shamanic life. Mm-hmm. You know? mm-hmm. um, and you know, if you do that, and one of the things that I really want people to understand is, um, oh, I know what we forgot. It just jumped in my head about the about the other world guide. See, that's what it was. There we go. That kind of jumped in my head too, and it kind of leads us to um, talking about what I was next going to bring up, which was about the other inhabitants, the animals, the mythological creatures, and things yeah. like that. So, yeah. So yeah, so we can move into that. Let's move into yeah. animals. So I was introduced to animal spirits uh, through like my shamanic training, and however, when I really uh, um, it began. Working with the um, Lakota teachers and things like that, because in the Native American spirituality, it's very—I mean, it's all animism. Like it's one hundred percent anim, you know, animism and stuff, and it's awesome. Like you really understand, and um, I think it would be very beneficial for um, all people who are interested in spirit animals and can. Empower animals and animal helpers. Read the biographies of Native American chiefs. The biographies. Do not read a book how to be a Native American healer because half of those are crap anyway. Read the biographies of of these Native American chiefs because they teach animism and how they talk about their journey. They talk about working with the animal spirits and things like that. And so I was really inspired by that. And I quote the chiefs a few times in the book um, because I just think they have these, you know, very powerful things to say, especially in the shape-shifting section, because um, I teach how to shape-shift and how to change your animal form and things like that. Um, and the other thing, we, the animal grows in animal magic. Um, the first thing I say is do some research. 
go online, find out about the animals and things mm-hmm. like that. Then, as much as you can, if you can, go observe in nature. I have, I think I talk about the the um, zoos in there like a little bit, unfortunately. So my uh, spirit animal is a mountain lion. It's really not a good idea for me to go to try to observe mountain lions in in the wild. It's just not because I could get attacked or hurt or whatever. However, the only time I have ever actually seen one in person is a zoo. How I feel about zoos, I think they're prisons. I think they are the most awful thing in the world. Um, Sometimes... And I think I talk about this in the book. Sometimes I'll I'll, I'll go and I'll uh, give the, the animals like healing energy. Um, unfortunately, I wish I could give them offerings. I can't, though, unfortunately. But, uh, but I'll send them healing energy and things like that. Um, but anyway, as much as you can, observe like animals in the wild. And sometimes, I think just to be out in nature helps you connect with the nature spirits, with the animal spirits, with the elves, all those things, you know. Just go out in nature. And don't be afraid to go out in winter. I, <laughs> it's funny. I have a few few heathen friends like i hate winter i'm like how are you heathen and hate winter i mean i, <laughs> I don't enjoy being a, a frozen but i will like i'll wear three pair of socks and long johns and a pair of pants and three sweaters and, and things like that and i will go out in the forest oh, there's something very sacred to me here about going out into a forest around yule and it's snowy, and it's cold, and it's silent, and all the tre- and all the leaves, and all the trees are bare. It's sacred, and it's so magical to do that. So, Nick, uh, I will say for everyone: don't be afraid to go out in the woods in wintertime. However, don't go during a snowstorm. That's not that's not wise. No. <laughs> Um, a, a a magical friend of mine, we celebrated at Timbalk once during a blizzard on a hill. Mm-hmm. And we were dressed like, we had like 18 layers of clothes. And we were on a hilt in a blizzard in the storm doing magic. And it was the, the most powerful thing I've ever had in my life. It was amazing. It was amazing. However... I, I I have to tell you, I had on two pairs of lawn johns, two pairs of pants, four pairs of socks. It's awesome. <laughs> mm-hmm. See, that to me is like you have to get your hands in the dirt. Well, in, in that case, in the snow. Oh. But, I mean, that's, that's part of the experience. And, you know, I live in the city and a lot of people are like, oh, it sounds like you live off way in the you know you live off in the woods i'm like nope i live in downtown chicago (laughs) i take a lot of road trips though (laughs) well i tell you there's you know just because one lives in the city doesn't mean that that precludes them from finding the nature that's there and there's plenty there's plenty around chicago has a bunch of uh, nature preserves like a whole bunch of them you just have to know where they are and google them is that i I was in chicago a year ago and uh, it was before i knew who you before we knew each other otherwise otherwise we would have been in person and you know it was fall it was gorgeous it was raining yeah it was raining the the leaves were turning the mums were out in their beautiful glory uh all around the city you know I, i had to walk from where I was staying to a conference I was attending, I chose to walk. I mean, I could have taken an Uber or something. What but, you know? You had exercise. What? Well, it was. It's, I wanted to experience the city, and yeah. I did, and it was beautiful, and it was Cold, so wet. vibrant and wonderful, and yeah. So there was there's this just because there's a city of concrete and steel doesn't mean that it's void of any nature or nature spirits. They, they still live there, too. Absolutely. And, oh, do you want to hear an interesting piece of trivia? Sure. So so Chicago has this really weird history of like uh, crime, and we've had the most in the last 
60 years. We have the most serial killers. We've had. Oh my gosh. Like there's a crazy stuff. And we're extremely high on the haunted house list, which makes mm-hmm. sense. It's a, a 250 year old city mm-hmm. and things like that. But uh, there's a whole lot of uh, um, ghostly spirits and crime and weird, crazy things. However, the Chicago River is actually flowing in the wrong direction. And that's why they say, because rivers, especially in Asian, um, 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 a feng shui, in feng shui, ages means the energy of the earth. Um, the river, they for the shipping and boating industry they somehow and i don't know how they they did this but they changed the flow of the river so our river flows in the wrong direction and ever since chicago has been very very haunted isn't that interesting that is very interesting yeah i love stuff like that people are like how come chicago has all these like crimes and in, in ghost stories and the very first documented serial killer is do you know who that is his name mm, no no oh, man the very first documented serial killer was uh, john holmes in chicago in the 1800s right oh, wow. after the river went in the wrong direction is that not the coolest freaking thing in the world interesting yeah definitely so but I digress. <laughs> I, I did let you digress a little too far. Uh, interesting, though. Very good. Um, nature and spirits, it's out there. So, well, one of the things that you talked about was animal spirits and getting to know those. Mm-hmm. What about mythological creatures such as, and this will lead into dragon. Uh, the dragon. Yeah, yeah. But like unicorns, phoenix. Um, I do believe in I do believe in phoenixes and things like that. So the mythological creatures, uh, they're all there. Um, I actually think if you hear one of those people who like I love unicorns, I think that this is the most coolest thing in the world. Yeah, I can see those spirits taking the shape of unicorns because that's what. Um, that's what you're into or whatever. Um, I think a lot of spirits will take the shape of whatever we think they should be because they're trying to reach out to us and they're trying to say hello. And they're like, how can I get their attention? I know I'll be a unicorn. I mean, I don't know, but I mean, that's just how I see it. Um, I mean, for myself, I don't necessarily work with a whole lot of the creatures i work with the elves i work with the uh the mm-hmm. fairies. i work with the dwarfs i work with dragons i work with the phoenix and things like that um but i don't work with like harpies or or mermaids or anything like that i think they exist absolutely but if you think about it of all these spirits I mean, we we can only do so much. <laughs> There's mm-hmm. so many spirits out there. We can only do so much. So, yeah. Well, mostly I just wanted to see, you know, what you thought about that because sometimes I think people they they feel drawn to a mythological creature, but yeah. then they're kind of pushed down and saying, "Oh, they're mythological. They're not real." So you can't, well, you can't connect to that energy. You know what I'm saying? And yeah. If you're attracted to harpies or mermaids or unicorns or 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 griffins or or whatever, that's great. So that's an, an energy that teaches you, that helps you become a magical person, and that helps you become a healer, that helps you become holy and sacred as a spiritual being. I think that's great. Um, however, at the same time, as long as someone doesn't a push their agenda like you have to worship unicorns as long as you don't do that i'm fine i'm like yeah you're into harpies that's fascinating tell me about them because i don't know about them and i think people who specialize like that and i think it's great i mean if you enjoy it i think it's awesome that's great once we get into the other world it's almost like all the gloves are off. I mean, because we don't really know how certain energies and beings and realms are going to reveal themselves to us. So um, I think it's important to just test it, protect ourselves and make sure that uh, what we're, what we're working with is, you know, I have a question for you. I have a question for you. Sure. 
uh, from your experience, what do you think is the most uh, dangerous thing of the other world? I (laughs) that's that's interesting. Um, And there's a reason I'm asking. I think the most dangerous part of the other world is when someone goes in and doesn't pay attention to what they're doing. They just kind of also like what does that mean? Well, what that means is, is like they just think that because they're they're navigating the non-physical realm that they can just do whatever they want and they don't have to uh, get a guide or or work with the land or or figure out where they're going because I think what it is is it's it's sort of a what's the word it's a um, oh, I'm better than this. I don't have to take any of these precautions. Mm-hmm. I don't prepare myself. I don't have to do anything. So, do you just- think it's a danger kiss, or do you think it's a developing bad habits and bad relationships? Which it's kind of both. Yeah. I think it's dangerous because what you're doing is is then you're gonna you're going to you're gonna piss or, off the fairies. <laughs> yeah, a person who does that is gonna is gonna like uh, create bad relationships as a result of it. Yeah, they're they're going to create bad connections of energy that may follow Ooh, them back I like to the physical world. Not necessarily, I'm not saying that they're going to bring a bad spirit back, but I'm saying yeah. you're, you, you create in the other worlds, uh, you know, a pattern or relationships. And if they're not good there, then you're going to bring that back. And it's going to kind of affect the way that you can do things magically and spiritually because you have these bad relationships or you it's arrogance it's arrogance and i, I think, think arrogance yeah that's it it's arrogance arrogance is a i think that's a very dangerous thing is, is it the most i'm not sure but it's well, what I popped into my head when you asked the question so i actually don't think it's like like dangerous as an oh you're gonna you're gonna die i don't think it's that no However, definitely not. in the in, in the book I, I i briefly talk about elf shot and things like that and Elfshot, from the mythology and the lore, is when you absentmindedly tumble into the elves' territory and you don't announce yourself, you don't bring offerings of good faith, and you're kind of an ass. And the elves, I don't think they're like, die, human! I think they're like, we're going to teach him a lesson. So they give them a good elf shot to say, listen, be respectful next time. That's what I think it is. I don't think that the spirits are out. Okay, let me rephrase. I don't think the elves are out to kill us. I think they're out to like teach us a good lesson about humility. Well, I mean, we have been chatting for so long. And I, know, I can do this forever with you. This is great. And it's great talking about the other worlds, all, um, all of them, all three of them, and, and sp- specifically this one. And this book is, like I said earlier, it's available for pre-order now. And people who listen to this later, it will be available for order as a print and an ebook. And it will be one of the three books that you have available. And depending on when someone listens to this, how many years into the future that it's still available into the future, who knows how many more (laughs) will be available from you. Um, I think I'm going to take a break after this because I'm like, oh, my God. (laughs) In four years, I've published like five books almost. Yeah, that's really (laughs) cool. Chris, how can people find you? What are some of the other things that you're doing? Talk about Mystic Chat. Mystic Chat. Oh, my God. So Mystic Chat is a free video blog type thing. On YouTube. Uh, It's on YouTube, but we also have a live show every other uh, Thursday in the evening at 7 p.m. Central. And if you uh, go to our Facebook page, uh, 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 Mystic Chat Video Blog, and it, it usually tells you about the show, things like that. We're also available on 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 Spotify and iTunes uh, um, uh, uh, podcast, and we talk about everything in the world. Sometimes we t- we talk about. Uh, a goofy pagan thing. Sometimes we talk about very serious pagan things. So every show is a different subject. And sometimes we have guest speakers. Sometimes we don't. We're just 
<laughs> we're very low key. It's fun. It's yeah, time. you are. I've I've participated in some of those or I've watched some of those live videos and they are I fun. I haven't to- seen you in a long time, so I'm not going to lie. I'm going to call you out right now. <laughs> I haven't seen you on there in a long time. It has been a long time. I usually watch them or listen to them later, but some of the times uh, the, the actual live ones are while I'm working still. So it's hard to... Well, it's uh, because you're two hours away from... Uh, terrible, isn't it? One of these days. But people can find you and we'll have all kinds of links to how to get to the show, the Mystic Chat and your website and everything directly in our show notes. Oh, so encourage- by the way, hey, on my... um. So in the time of COVID and 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 all that, there's a whole lot of people who can't afford to buy new um, books and things like that. So on my um, website, I have a whole lot of of uh, free articles. YouTube has a whole bunch of free videos. Um, and on my Facebook page, I post lots and lots of, of uh, free things. And so I'm trying to help out uh, the uh, pagan community because I know that a lot of people are struggling. And mm-hmm. sometimes $5, they can't spend that. They have to pay for food. And I understand that. So I have a ton of free content. And if you're like, hey, Chris, I can't find your free contact. Um, contact me on Facebook and, and I'll be happy to help you. Great. That's awesome. Well, thanks for stopping in with us and sharing about the other world and sharing about all the other cool stuff that we got to talk about. Brand <laughs> works. Just crazy crap. <laughs> You say you're Gemini, but you're actually, you're actually kind of uh, Aquarian, where it's just like, what? <laughs> I'm Aquarian. Well, Aquarians, anyway. and Aquarians, I think, are so intelligent. They just like have all this trivia. And, and Geminis are like, ooh, trivia. Tell me. I love it. That's what it is. <laughs> well, thanks for stopping in with us. And we look forward to having you back and seeing you in other capacities and just, just hanging out with you in a lot of cool ways. Yay, I'm excited. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast. Please leave positive comments on iTunes and other podcast distributors. This helps others to find the podcast. Please send feedback and ideas to giftsoftheweird at gmail.com. Follow the podcast on Twitter at WeirdGifts, Facebook at Gifts of the Weird. And on Instagram at Weird Gifts One. Check out the show notes for links. Thank you and hail the gods.